Meister is the wings of together today. The enemy of rapture, but science within a science. This is 8-Bit, Episode 4. The real world looks so weird now. On September 30th, 2012. We don't make references. Ever. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest Kyle Shaplowski. Very nice. Now we're cross-referencing. <laughs> <laughs> I have bastardized two of the greatest things in the world. With your powers combined, I become... What do I become? Obnoxious. <laughs> Welcome to 8-Bit, everybody. The show where we <laughs> combine franchises and make them both worse, apparently. <laughs> oh, I think that made it much better. <laughs> this show is hosted by Ian Buck. Ian Decker. And we have a special guest today. Um, I'll let you introduce him, Ian, since he's your friend. Alright, well ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special friend of mine. He was my CF or RA uh, last year, and I kind of took his job this year, so, but not really, I'm in a completely different building. Anyway, this is my good friend, Kyle Shaplowski. Kyle, Hello, say everyone. hi to the nice people. Hello everyone, it's nice to be on your show with you. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh wait, wait, we actually can do applause, can't we? Where was that app? Oh. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I wanted it. Yay! Fine, Yay. here, I'll do a fanfare. Awesome. Found it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> These special noise effects are brought to you by the Google Hangout, which is awesome. Woo! Google Effects into Google Hangout. Yay. Enhancing your everyday nothingness. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that Ryan is writing all of these things down <laughs> in their title. All right, so, Kyle, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Like, so, what's your background in video gaming? Well, um, my first memory of video gaming was sitting with my dad at our old Windows 3.1 playing games like King's Quest VI yes. and Secret of Monkey Island. Yes! Wonderful experiences. And um, after that... I started getting into console gaming when my parents bought me a Super Nintendo for Christmas. Um, Moving up in the world. Oh, I know. It was very exciting <laughs> times. Um, I'd been a Nintendo fanboy for quite a while, uh, up through the GameCube, bought my own GameCube with my own money that I had worked up so long to save. Um, but parallel to that, I, I had a friend uh, who lived on the same street as me who started getting me into PC gaming a little bit. Um, I remember tons of times playing Age of Empires and Command and Conquer Generals and fun games like that. Um, but regardless, uh, I've come to love the Xbox platform quite as much, you know, amazingly. It's something that I would prefer to play my games on and more. I'm a big Halo gamer, big into games like Skyrim and Borderlands and... Okay, stop distracting me, Ian. God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's actually really creepy. <laughs> and a good thing for an audio podcast, because everyone knows exactly what's going on. Oh, man. <laughs> as long as we say professional-sounding things, you know, whatever we do on our screens doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so continue. Yeah. So basically, I'm a really big Xbox gamer. I also have a Steam account, and I play lots of PC gaming as well, but I don't really have an amazing $2,000 rig like many of you guys have to play amazing games like Borderlands on. My silly little laptop won't play that. So that's... Yeah, I know how that feels. My laptop overheated after about 45 minutes of Borderlands 2. Exactly. So I tend to play things like The Binding of Isaac and other fun games like that on my PC, but... Yeah, I enjoy quite a bit of Xbox gaming. You'll see me on there all the time, um, playing all sorts of games. But yeah, that's basically my gaming history in a nutshell. Awesome. Sweet. Now, so in case you guys were wondering, the picture that I put up was a pumpkin that I carved last year. You carved that yourself? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really good. It's a Thank skeleton you. on it, a skeleton face, and it's pretty impressive. I thought that was something like that had to do with Darksiders 2 or something, but no, that's just that's legit. Thank you. 
Anyway. Lightning! 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 McQueen! All right, I'll start. So, Blizzard uh, has been considering making StarCraft II's multiplayer free-to-play, which would definitely, you know, benefit their their push uh, for StarCraft II as an eSport. Most definitely. All right, now, if you guys remember, there was that whole Steam Workshop thing. They're bringing a few more games into it that you get to mess around with. So now they have Killing Floor, Red Orchestra 2, as well as Total War Shogun 2. Oh, and speaking of Total War, this weekend, like, everything in Total War is on sale. So by the time people listen to the podcast, it'll probably be too late, but you should go check it out anyway. So apparently the Wii U is going to be region locked, of course, but nobody was really expecting anything different from this. Um, and it just means that the media that you can only play, you can only buy from certain regions and only play it on the consoles from those um, countries and regions. So that's a little annoying, but we expected it. Yep. If you PopCap Dublin has closed completely, uh, and they've laid off more than or almost a hundred people, which is unfortunate in my opinion because PopCap was PopCap was one of the few companies that actually made well. Okay, so they still exist, just one of their studios is closed. But they're one of the only companies that makes casual games that I consider worth playing. So, Plants vs. Zombies, best game ever. Plants vs. Zombies and um, Peggle. Oh, Peggle, God. Peggle is great. they wasted so much of my time. <laughs> so that means you'll... Well, I, I don't know. I suppose this way you'll have less distractions from the internet, though. I guess anyway. that's true. <laughs> All right, so time for some Call of Duty news. And how pathetic can... Oh, wait, no, never mind. This is just on the consoles, not your actual eyes. So apparently, COD, um, people play it so much that it's actually been damaging the optical drives on their consoles. So as a result, Black Ops 2 will offer an optional texture install for PS3s so that they don't kill their consoles. Also in Call of Duty news, Call of Duty Elite, which is much like the website that... uh Bungie has used for Halo tracking, um, and it just tracks player progress as it goes along. It's now ready for Black Ops 2. Very exciting stuff. Treyarch, um, the developer of the um, Black Ops 2, they have said, this is a quote, as popular as COD is, there are a lot of people who don't play multiplayer, and quite frankly, that bugs the sh out of us. They should all play multiplayer, and combat training helps them get there. So... I think that this is a really terrible way for a developer to look at their customers. You know, like, you can't you can't look at people and just go, oh, you have to play multiplayer on the game that you have bought from us, you know? Like, what if somebody wants to just buy Call of Duty for the campaign, for the storyline? I don't know anybody who would, but, you know, <laughs> be quiet, Ghost. <laughs> and... and for them to just, like, force people to play multiplayer, like, it's not actually forcing them, but, you know, for them to have that that view on it is, I think, is really unfortunate. Well, I mean, that's what they're trying to push on a lot of gamers, and it's true. They, let's see, is the, is, oh, there is a Call of Duty, like, subscription um, service, right, where you get extra stuff or something, but just, just, but just to play multiplayer, it does not cost extra. No. So I don't see why they, you know, are so concerned with getting people to play multiplayer. They make more money off of DLC with multiplayer. That's true. That's true. A lot of DLC. All of their all DLCs. Their DLC yeah. <laughs> is multiplayer based. Gosh. All right. So, for those of you who play World of Warcraft, exciting news! Mists of Pandaria has launched. You'll be having evil fighting and or good fighting, depending on which way you go. Pandas everywhere. Although less exciting news for your World of Warcraft players, Mists of Pandaria isn't selling as many copies as its predecessors. This is probably due to Guild Wars 2, let's be honest. Yeah, pretty much. Better game, anyway. So, Iran is being ridiculous again. They There's a group that is now claiming that Angry, Sp- Angry Birds Space is the latest in the U.S.'s cyber war against their country because it inspires anti-Iran sentiments in players. Apparently, one of the planets in the game is shaped suspiciously like Iran, and there's also a structure that looks like the Milad Tower, which is like the tallest structure in their country or something. So, yeah, clearly this is going to make people who are playing um, Angry Birds Space hate Iran. Oh, of course. It was clearly their intentions. It's all a conspiracy. Oh, intelligence. Anyway, so, 
something new. If you remember, Mr. Buck talked about this game called XCOM Enemy Unknown uh, a couple weeks ago. The demo is now available on Steam, so everyone should go check it out and play it, because it's free! I was going to go play it and then talk about it on the show, and then I got caught up in Assassin's Creed. Sorry, guys. Poor shame. Alright, so apparently Valve and EU are butting heads over allowing users to resell their digital licenses. Borderlands 2 has a rare bug that resets a profile's badass token count while still marking the challenges as complete. And this bug uh, has been documented on all three platforms, but it is, you know, it doesn't happen very often. So they're trying to fix that. Pray that doesn't happen to me. Yeah, no kidding. Alright, so we're going to have a video for you guys up in the description after we're all done. It's a video of a Counter-Strike pro by the name of Nopo, and it's this astonishing thing where he wins a match by shooting the other team through the walls. Also, as a side note, Japanese commentators are great. Yes, Ryan's going to play that video right now. I really want to quote something Jeff Dunham here right now, but I also don't want us to get, you know, angry people coming at us. Racism usually doesn't help. No. I mean, it wouldn't be serious in any means. I wouldn't be meaning to, to be offensive other than it just be kind of funny. Right. You can't gauge people's reactions. Nope. So I'll actually show a little bit of wisdom and constraint for once. What? No. I mean, if they put me in charge of people, that's the scariest thing. <laughs> oh god. Haven't any of them died yet? Not yet. Alright. So yeah, I could barely hear the uh, audio there through through Ryan's computer, but, you know. The video was playing? Yes, it was, and you Apparently. were talking about the whole thing. Good job. I couldn't hear it at all. <laughs> No, no way I I was wondering why you were talking so much. Anyway, I couldn't hear it. All right, everybody's so gonna go watch the video on their own anyway, right? Right, yeah. listeners? Yeah, they better be. Go to the show notes and watch it. Anyway, um, I've tried to do my own podcast before, failed miserably. But anyway, Google looks. Apparently, Google is uh, looking at search trends among gamers to see how well uh, the search trends will predict about how well a game will sell. Um, it's worth noting that this study only applies to console gamers, but again, you guys don't really have to worry about that since you guys get all of your news from this podcast anyway, so you don't have to search up for any game information. So, if uh, getting Portal 2's soundtrack for free from their website isn't good enough for you, soon you will be able to buy a four-disc set um, right at the end of October, and if you really still believe in getting CDs, you noob. You can actually buy those? I enjoy CDs. It's, there's something satisfying about buying a CD, opening up the case, finally getting through that plastic, then setting it on your, well, in your computer as it's playing. It's just like, oh, I you, did something with my life. You, do you buy physical games, though? Last physical game I bought was I pre-ordered a copy of Mass Effect 3 from GameStop. And isn't it wonderful to open up that physical game and actually like be able to have that new game smell and everything? Yes! Exactly. Wait. Wait a minute, Ian. You got a physical copy of Mass Effect 3, but it still required Origin? Yeah. Oh. oh it doesn't well. make any sense for PC gaming, buying a physical game, because most of them will redirect you to Origin or Steam. Yeah, and like, and even if even if they don't, they're going to just be installed onto your hard drive anyway. Right. Like, that's yeah. how they all work. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, well. Anyway, so, we've been geeking out about this game, Dishonored. My so God. apparently, now you can learn a little about the history of Dunwall, it's the place where the game takes place in this little three-part animated prequel. And that's on, uh, like, The Verge and PC Gamer. Check it out. We, we have three links to it. Everybody should go watch them. Watch it right now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the only reason you should ever pause this podcast is go watch the videos that we link to. <laughs> you will nerdgasm so hard from these. Anyway, <laughs> Skullcandy Skull has come out with a new line of headsets. Um... Uh, they're basically going to be able to work with all four different gaming platforms. They have several different models, uh, so go check them out. They'll be in the show notes. Gamebicious is a Kickstarter-like service that is meant solely for games, and it w- was founded by industry veterans. 
And also, instead of promising back backers incentives, like, you know, if you promise us this much money, then you get, you know, a certain thing, the backers instead get a cut of the profits of the game. So it's more like, it's more of an investment, like a straight-up investment, than uh, Kickstarter is. Ooh, I might have to look into that a little bit. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so Sony is now pushing for day one digital release with eight titles this fall including, but not limited to, AC3 and Dishonored. As the Steam user, it blows mine and Mr. Buck's minds that this is not the norm. So you guys all know about the uh, viral video Gungan style? It was only a matter of time until this became something in Skyrim. It's true. There's a video of it, and it has two guards dancing to Gungan style. It's actually really good. I, I don't know how much time they put into this, but it's amazing. It's hilarious. I kind of want to figure out if this is a mod and if I can download it. I know. I'm going to see how many I can get going at once. They're going to see an entire city. <laughs> I will go to the capital city, get everyone who is wandering out in the towns with this thing, and then have them all dancing at one place. It's going to be beautiful. I just thought it was really cool how he was able to put in the different camera angles, too. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sweet. Then I think he might have also been using some sort of texture mod, because it looked really good. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, look, my turn. <laughs> the Mass Effect Trilogy bundle is coming to Xbox 360 and PC on November 6th. Um, and also it is coming later in the year for PS3. So you know what that means. That means that uh, Mass Effect 1 is going to be available on PS3. So for any PS3 users who uh, you know, missed the original game, go get that because it's definitely worth it. I have to wonder if they're going to upgrade the visuals for it at all for the PS3. I mean, probably not, but it'd, it'd be kind of interesting if they did. Yeah. That would be cool, but Sony has no reason to do something like that and edit the code. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Sony's job to do that. It would be whoever the, you know, the developer would be. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Similar. Yeah. All right, so Chrome version 22 supports pointer lock, which allows the mouse look in the browser. Google is clearly trying to set up Chrome as the next big thing for PC gaming. So that's really interesting, because I always thought that the Chromebook was an interesting idea, but something that just was, wasn't quite up to technology standards quite yet. Yeah, but that's how Google does all of their things. You know, release it before they're ready, and then just update the crap out of it to make it better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll see something cool in the future. Yep. So there's been an AI that's been created and acts more like a player, more like human characters than actual human players in Unreal Tournament 2004. There was an experiment done where uh, there was an AI team and a human team that were together, and people were supposed to basically say which players that they thought were AIs and humans, and it was more like it was more like I believe like 54 percent or something like that said that the AI characters were more like human than the actual human characters. Oh God! So <laughs> they're what real. Have we created. We've created something that actually doesn't play as well as an AI. You're but, a monster. But that has a vengeance. Yes, they actually go out and target actual human players. <laughs> so something something that I just noticed um, that. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really affect anything, but it's interesting. Uh, Steam now has two gigab two gigabytes available for screenshots to upload. Um, not that I was you know running out of my one gigabyte at all, <laughs> but they're they're just thinking about the future. Yeah, that'll be cool. So we all remember Notch, right? The creator of Minecraft. Apparently, he's not planning on putting Minecraft on the Windows 8 store because Microsoft is, I quote, ruining the PC as an open platform. Obviously, Minecraft will still run on the desktop side. So, apparently there's going to be an alpha build of DayZ that's going to hit in December for fairly cheap. Oh yeah, and I forgot to put there in that sentence that that is the standalone um, DayZ, so it's not the mod for Arma 2. They're moving away from that and that making it into sense. its own game. That would make sense since that mod is free. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, but, you have to, but you have to own the actual the Arma 2 game already. Yep. So the film, The Cabin in the Woods, uh, that was that was written by Joss Whedon, wasn't it? Or somebody? Joss Whedon? Anyway, The Cabin in the Woods uh, contained several Easter eggs from the popular Valve game Left 4 Dead, and it was also stated that there was going to be a campaign 
um, for in Left 4 Dead 2 that was based on the movie The Cabin in the Woods, but the, that project has been canceled. That's kind of disappointing, actually. I think that could have been really scary and really good. That like, actually made awesome. the game scary as opposed to just like, oh, it's zombies. I know. See, that's the kind Sad. of crossover that we need, not this, you know, whole, uh, Mesa, Black Mesa, blah, blah, blah. Instead of destroying franchises, they're making them more awesome. <laughs> I have destroyed two eternal, um, legacies. Build them up, burn them down. down. What have I done? I'm a monster. All right, so we all know the whole great, the whole craze about uh, Fruit Ninja, that iPhone app. It, I mean, it's definitely not as crazy as Angry Birds, but still pretty well known. It's apparently been ported to the TI-83+. Plus. So for all math students or physics students who don't actually want to pay attention in class, this is a must. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Can you imagine that? Just like... <laughs> You're using buttons to simulate swiping across a screen. That's just amazing. It's just nuts. It, it would waste so much. I, I wish I would have had this in high school. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all I had on my TI-83 was uh, what, Space Invaders and Tetris, which are good, but, you know. Yeah, they'll waste time, that's for sure. Pretty much. So, Xbox gamers with high gamer scores are now being offered discounts and a gift of the month on their birthday. This is good for gamers like me who spent way too much time on their Xbox and have over 40,000 gamer score. Way too much time. Not ashamed of that at all. Nope. <laughs> That's why you're here. Exactly. <laughs> so, a lot of games nowadays have really, really sweet uh, soundtracks, you know, and I've, I've gone and bought quite a few of them, you know, the Mass Effect soundtracks, the Half-Life soundtracks, the uh, Assassin's Creed um, and many of those composers were driven to video games by the lack of innovation that's happening in the in film and television industries. And, you know, uh, video games just kind of provide new opportunities for them to experiment with because it's a lot, it, you know, it can be a lot different because there's different, it, the, the music isn't necessarily going to be happen, happening exactly at the same time. You know, there's different triggers. So they can do a lot more with that. Mm-hmm. And that's, pro- that's, that's, you know, why they find it interesting. No, it actually gives me hope for my future as a musician. <laughs> Maybe you'll be making music for a video game in the future. I would love that. The next... The next what? Bastion. Sorry, I, Bastion. I accidentally hit my switch. Ah, yes, the next Bastion. Ooh, that'd be cool. Steampunk Western mixed together. That's what, really, that's what I always think of whenever I hear Bastion music. Well, I do have amazing music in that. <sighs> Alright, so I mentioned the, the alternative to or no, Buck mentioned the alternative to Kickstarter before. And now there's a new Kickstarter out project out called Know-It-All, made by this guy who's Game Master Howard. Game Master Howard was the original tester in all things Nintendo-related, so, like, he was the first Game Boy and SNES tester. And so it's pretty safe to say he knows video games fairly well. In fact, better than us in probably many regards. So this game in particular is supposed to help out greatly with helping people subconsciously and consciously learn things while having fun. So as a student, this could be a great way to waste time and actually be productive. So when you when you say though that he was the f- the the te- the first tester for Nintendo, did they only have one tester? Like what do we mean by that exactly? I'm I'm a little confused. They only had one guy testing every game, clearly. You only <laughs> yeah. <need> one guy. <laughs> Well, back in the day, I, I suppose that would work. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm not 100% sure. You'd have to go to the site. He goes on and talks about his beginnings as a gamer on the site um, and some of the original stuff that he did. So it's definitely possible. But the fact that he picked each game apart to the point where he, like, knew every single little detail about the game mm-hmm. is kind of not like he's so. a good game tester, at least. Yeah. I don't know. Go check it out. It's probably in the show notes. I'm just probably. saying. Somewhere, hidden. Hopefully. <laughs> Behind a block, with some coins in it, or something. That sounds like a reference to something. No, no, no. What do you mean? Alright, so... I never reference anything. <laughs> Especially on this show. We hate references. <laughs> Only movie references. That's all I ever do. Clearly. Alright, so you guys remember a little device called the, the Vita that came out for, uh, by a company called Sony. Um, apparently they've been rather disappointed in the third-party support, which seems really odd because Sony has always had amazing third-party support when it's come to their consoles. 
Uh, PlayStation 2, for, as an example, had the most amazing third-party support I've ever seen in my entire life. That's what made that console amazing. So that's it for uh, Lightning. Yeah. Mm. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah. Look, there you go again, making not references. Zach, no, I don't make references, ever. We hate references, I told you that. <laughs> I mean, it's not as if I would reference all the things. Reference all the things. Oh my gosh, I just figured out what you did. <laughs> oh. It was like three levels deep. <laughs> Referenceception. I don't think I can count, though. I think that was like two. Anyway, <laughs> on to our main topics. So let's talk about, actually, let's talk about the one that we, uh, that we both have something to say about. Um, Gamer Rank is a new, what would you call it? I guess it's kind of a social networking site um, that you you register your like your Steam account, your Xbox Live, your PSN, um, and you can also register your WoW account on there, and it will. <laughs> Hi, Liv. Um, and you. <laughs> Sorry, somebody just walked into my room. Um, That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Talking about gamer rank, wow, accounts, and all right. different accounts that you can hook up to it. So with those with those accounts, um, you 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 know connect those to your gamer rank account, and it will look at you know the amount of time that you play, the number of achievements that you have, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and it will kind of aggregate a score from that, and also um, not just not just play time, but also on your other social networks. If you you know talk about your games a bunch on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, then you know you get points for that, and also if other people look at what you did and they give you respect points, which is I guess like a Facebook like, then you'll get you know more of a rank from that. And so their their ranking system uh, is by like colored belts, you know, like uh, like karate or or kung fu or whatever. Just say martial arts. Martial arts, sure. I don't know. I did karate as a kid, so that's. Hey, me too. Yay! Hey, um, so right now, right now, I. I am personally a green belt right now, and I'm I'm just barely I like just barely got from orange to green today. What what bumped you up? Uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Oh, there you go. Because <laughs> I spent pretty much all day doing that. I had nothing else to do today. Oh gosh. But yeah, the only people that I know on this on this uh, network right now are me and Ian. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't I haven't joined it yet. I have no idea what this is like. So basically, for those of you who don't know, well, to sum things up, it's think Xbox Live ranking system with Reddit likes and karma sort of thing. And basically, it's one big place where you can brag about how much of a no life you have. Pretty much. (laughs) I was just going to say, I don't need something else to make me more depressed about my life. Why are they making this? Let's see what I'm at. I I actually have no idea because it was still importing... You're a green belt. I'm a green belt? Yep. I think we're, we have almost exactly the same amount of play things. Hmm. And it's, like, it's, it's definitely in a beta right now because half of the things don't work. Like, I've tried, I've tried to say things on several, oh my gosh, how do I get back to my home? Oh, there we go. So, like, I've tried to say things on several different, uh, you know, social networking sites on Facebook. Um, I said something with the hashtag about AudioSurf on Steam. I've mentioned several games recently, and none of it's showing up on GamerRank, which is pissing me off, because I want to get higher than Greenbelt. Ah! <laughs> Must get imaginary points on internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must have less life than everyone else. <laughs> 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 so is the higher this is sort of like an inverse property where the higher you rank the less life you have so once you reach the highest rank you have zero life yeah pretty much it means you're dead you're dead and and other people like people are already exploiting systems where they can somehow trick it into thinking that they have all of the all of the achievements in a certain game like all at once so they're just like hacking the system already and they're only in a beta <laughs> So there's nobody on here, but people are already like, I'm a black belt! Ah, uh, so pathetic. <laughs> so what's our verdict? Pretty useless? 
I don't see any reason for something like this to exist. Like, yeah. who's really going to use this when it comes down to it? I mean, I wouldn't have any other way of objectively comparing how uh, how good I am at uh, my Steam games versus how good you are at your Xbox games, but who really cares? No one. I, I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking about, is most of these things are, like, community platforms in themselves. Mm-hmm. So why do you need to have another social network that's tagged onto it? Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if we... Uh, the thing about social networking sites is that they're all closed systems. And there's no solution for that, because once one of them starts to open up, then they just realize how much of an advantage they can have if they just close it off, and then they close it off. Like, uh, I believe Twitter was just doing that exact same thing, you know? by getting rid of all of the APIs for reading and writing to your Twitter account. Mm. Ryan would know more about that, but, you know, he's not here. <laughs> nope. Never. Crazy ghosts. So, yeah. The, other the verdict thing, is no. <laughs> what? The verdict, the verdict is, is no. Nah. Don't, okay. don't go. At least, at least not yet. Like, I don't know. We, we, we can wait and see if anything interesting happens with that site, but I doubt it will. Like, I, I kind of doubt it will like, catch on. For now. Yeah. Now, something that will catch on, in my opinion, is 3D gaming. And, well, not even just 3D gaming, but, you know, also virtual reality in, in far off, further off in the future. Because, obviously, 3D gaming is here right now, and you can do it with these amazing glasses. <laughs> I've got them on upside down. I have them on upside down because there's a cord attached to them because they're charging right now. They're also <laughs> the most attractive things I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Ah. You still haven't vis- visited. I still haven't been able to review you. <laughs> Not for self-referencing. <laughs> Wait, if you only reference movies, does that mean that we have to make a movie about ourselves? Oh, that's so, so meta. Reference it. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be as bad as Jackie Chan Adventures, isn't it? Oh, I love Jackie Chan Adventures. Well, I, I love it, but I mean, the, in the department of self-referencing. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm. I'm personally very happy with the 3D gaming that I've been doing with uh, this awesome giant monitor. Um, especially in Assassin's Creed, it's actually really, really useful to have depth perception. Um, I mean, you know, in Borderlands 2, it's all it's very beautiful and everything, and it looks gorgeous in 3D, but it doesn't really add to the gameplay. But in Assassin's Creed, it definitely does. Because, you know, you're, running, you're free running across rooftops and stuff, and it's like, oh, how far away is that? Oh, I can just tell, because I'm looking at it. Okay, well, i got a question for you about this. Yeah. Does it, it, does it induce any sort of headaches over a long period of time of wear, wearing them? Not until you take them off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be playing, I'll be playing, I'll be playing, and I'll just feel fine, you know, and everything. And, of course, you know, my eyes are super dilated because, you know, I'm looking through these polarized sunglasses, basically, at a screen, and so everything else looks really dark except for the screen. And then I finish, and I take them off, and I just go, Ah, the real world looks so weird now. <laughs> I, like, I have to, like, you know, fo- like put things in my focal point before I can, you know, start to follow them around. And it's just, it's just kind of terrible. I'm probably going to ruin my eyes. So the real world is 3D, too. Moral of the story. Pretty much, Yeah. But it's a weird kind of 3D. It doesn't work the way it should. <laughs> and of course, of course, you know, not like technically not all games are supported on 3D. Like hardly any of them are on the official Nvidia list of thing of games that are 3D enabled, but any any game will work is the bottom line. Like they won't work perfectly like in in Assassin's Creed for example, all of the menu items and all of the, you know, the things in the uh, heads-up display are basically distance zero. So, like, if I'm running around and I see a group of mercenaries off there in the distance, I'll see the mercenaries as being in the distance, but the little icon that's floating above their heads that indicates that they're mercenaries will look like it's right next to me. So that's kind of, like, that kind of thing is annoying. Hmm. And that's because, obviously, Assassin's Creed wasn't built with 3D gaming in mind. In a way, I could see that would be helpful, though, because that way you can actually see what they are, as well, opposed to like having to squint and like, eh, what is that? Well, no, cause, but but then you can understand that like 
if I'm focusing way off there in the distance, then the then I'm seeing the uh, the icon in two different places. Mm. Because it's like it's like if I'm looking at a tree off in the distance and my hand's right here, you know, I can see two hands and it's really hard to see the tree because my hand's in front of it. Uh, yeah. But other than other than little things like that, um, it works really well. I've I've tried it out in Borderlands 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Audio Surf, of course. I had to try it out in Audio Surf. <laughs> that seems like it would be really trippy. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Like the sensation, the sensation of the little colored blocks coming towards you is magnified by so much in 3D. It's so great. Oh. <laughs> and it's, want to try it. it's also really hilarious when people walk into my room and they're like, "Oh, what are you playing? Oh my God, what's wrong with your screen?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Nothing. It's beautiful. What are you talking about?" Oh God, imagine. Oh, there was this game that was like falling or something like that. The complete disregard for gravity. That one. Oh man, I may have to buy that just so I can try it. <laughs> Imagine if you did that one or Mirror's Edge. Oh my God, Mirror's Edge. Oh, next. that would be so cool. That sounds good. I'm, I might try that next. Winter break. Yes. Let's see. What other games are there worth having it in 3D? I'm gonna sit there and look at my library of games because that obviously encompasses all of them. All games. Every single game. Clearly. Well, regardless of that, my, my opinion on 3D gaming is that it's not really going to launch off until you can get rid of the glasses peripherals and right. it works well. You know? on, on the other hand, like, the 3DS, you know, works without glasses. Ian, you have a 3DS, right? Well, it's a good yep. start. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that works for the most part, doesn't it? But it's kind of like, it's you have to find the focal point, like, the, the point where it's sending the images to the right spot exactly. Yeah. Is that, is that is that difficult or is it easy? <laughs> it's once you get used to it, it's pretty easy. But when you're first starting out, it's like, eh, what am I doing? And you're seeing double all the time. Mm. Like when I first started out, instead of having the 3D at full like I wanted to, I and mean, even now I still don't always do that, just because I'll still sometimes see double because I can't always find the focal point. Um, I have the 3D down at like half or a quarter, um, not rank or half or a quarter of its normal level just because it's it would have a ridiculous um that ridiculous doubling or something like that. Again. I'm not I'm not really sure what that even means, three D at a quarter. <laughs> well the three D on the, <laughs> the metric of on three D ness. <laughs> well like how much it pops up out of the screen. Like the three D S has this little two and a quarter D? Oh 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 Oh, no, it's that'd like just be a piece three. of paper with a shadow. <laughs> oh, hush. Um, but no, so the 3DS has this little slider on the side of it that will allow you to adjust the amount of, uh, the amount that stuff is popping off, out off the screen. So like, Kyle, when you saw, when you, I lent it, lent it to you so that you could play the Legend of Zelda game, I'm sure you must have experienced similar problems that I had where it was like sometimes if you had it on full, Zelda would sometimes, or not Zelda, oh my god, Link. Did you just call Link Zelda? <laughs> I did not! <laughs> that That is the biggest faux pas ever. That's like calling Samus Metroid. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, by the way, Samus is totally a guy. Totally. <laughs> a very hot, blonde guy. Yes. I didn't know if you you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we said that at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was your resident last year. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Kyle is a large brony, big-time brony, and has recently started purchasing nail polish simply so that he can paint his own nails. <laughs> this man is incredibly confident in himself. Extremely. And extremely straight, I just want to point out. No, that's perfect. I mean, if you're not weird, then you're weird. I'm learning so much about him in this, you know, hour that we have together. There's, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with liking My Little Pony. I just want to say that there's tons of men on the internet who love that show. And nail polish is just awesome. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten more women give me compliments on my awesome nail polish. I think it's something that I can actually use to attract women. I rely on my abs. <laughs> <laughs> you only have abs because you have no fat. Hey, I run cross country. <laughs> that doesn't do anything. We do ab workouts. 
<laughs> Let's see those beautiful manly abs. Oh, he's actually going to show us. Oh, okay. Well, of course. I mean, it's... Oh, it, oh he's it's, taking it's, off the shirt. Oh, this is gorgeous. <laughs> see, I see no definition. I just see twig. No, no, those are pretty nice. Those are pretty nice. <laughs> Besides, who would ever want a six-pack when you can have a keg? That's what I always say. You can't see definition because there's no, there's no shadows here. Oh, I, I didn't put my shirt back on. Is it be- <laughs> the ghost took a screenshot. You will be able to see Mr. Buck's abs shortly after the show. I'm sure those abs would look much better in 3D. Actually, you can take 3D pictures using the 3DS, so next time I see that, I'll have to take a 3D picture just so I can show you how flat they are. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, yeah, when, well, whenever I take a, a screenshot in, in you know, a 3D game, I always expect it to look 3D, but the screenshots are always just normal. Yeah. So I guess it just chooses one of the two images to do it in. Probably. And Kyle did make sort of a comment on that. I don't know how I was talked into this, but a couple weeks ago, uh, my friends Christine and Jana um, did both me and Brendan up in full makeup. Nice. One of other things. And I was completely sober, too, which is the scary part. Did you go to a drag show as well? No, not, not that, that's coming up this weekend. Oh, awesome! When the drag show is coming on, and then I'll I, if if I have residents or people who need cheering on, then I'll go and do that again. <laughs> yeah, I have no oh, idea when ours is this year. Fond memories of the drag show. I remember, I remember that when it happened last year, I ended up having to do an incident in full drag. <laughs> Beautiful. That wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was. Me and eight other guys running shirtless across campus with Nate, uh, Nate and Taylor. There were two of the our, section mates who were in our section last year. Who were participating in the drag show, and me and like eight other guys went and painted their names on our fronts and backs and on our faces just so that we could go and cheer them on during the drag show. It was actually really cool. Now, of course, when you say Nate and Taylor, what do you think I think of? I think of Nathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Who, yes, of course, Nathan went to Taylor was and has show. nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> I hope he listens. I hope he listens to our podcast. Oh, oh, we sh- okay, we need to get him to listen to this episode at least. I'll post this up in the Skype conversation that I have with all those guys and see if we can get him to listen. Nice. <laughs> but that would be absolutely hilarious if we found Nate- Nathan Taylor in drag. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I, I really can't imagine him doing that at all. I don't want to. <laughs> so shall we move on to reviews? <laughs> Sounds good. Sure. So, so you were mentioning about Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Is yeah. that something that you would care to share your opinions about? I would love to. So I've been I've been working on the Assassin's Creed series since last spring. Um, and I've been trying to get caught up before, of course, Assassin's Creed 3 comes out in late October, late November for me, because I'm on PC. And um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is the third in the series. Um, and the thing that I really like about this series is that it keeps just getting better. There is, like, there is nothing that they didn't improve on from game to game. You know, I played Assassin's Creed 1, and I, th- I enjoyed it. Um, about three quarters of the way through the game, I just stopped and I was like, wait a minute, I've been doing the exact same kinds of missions through the entire game. Good job, Ubisoft. Okay. <laughs> but I finished it. And then I played Assassin's Creed 2, and it just like blew my mind. Like It was just like, wow, this is exactly what the game was meant to be the entire time. It actually had like a meaningful plot. You know, that's, that followed the life of, of Ezio Auditore, and it was, you know, really, I just butchered the Italian, oh god. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and it was great, and, and they, you know, they introduced so many new, new weapons, and, and combat systems, and different types of missions, and the, you know, the, uh, the way that you have the thieves working for you, and you have the Cartesians, and it's just, it's, it, it was great. And the visuals were obviously way updated and everything. And then I get to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Brotherhood again blows my mind away. You know, they have it doesn't look terribly better graphically than Assassin's Creed 2. I'm pretty sure they are running in like the exact same engine. 
Um, it does look a little better, of course. But then, you know, you've got, they, they just, you know, they blew it away with the whole uh, recruiting other assassins and training those guys up at the same time as you're, like, you know, getting better yourself and getting better equipment. And, you know, just, I, it feels so awesome to just be walking along, walking along. Oh, look, there's some guards. And then they just get killed. And you don't have to do anything. Just your little assassin people just run up. No, 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 no. Yeah. Kill them. Wait, and then wait how did that go again? The la 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 la, or the yeah, yeah. I can't whistle when I'm smiling. <laughs> but as long yeah. as you don't have peanut butter in your mouth, that way you don't accidentally spray peanut butter all over someone else in front of you. I don't have any peanut butter. How does that even oh, work? How, I can't imagine spraying peanut butter out your mouth. <laughs> it was junks. Oh my gosh! I remember this. <laughs> what? Oh, is, he like, doing, is he doing another reference? No, no, <laughs> this happened. Wait a minute. I, this is like a suppressed memory for me. Was this at? Was this at Central? Was this? This in was the at lunchroom? Murray. This is at Murray. Okay. This was at yeah, Murray. You have I, to share the story now. <laughs> I used to be the biggest fan of peanut butter, and well, I still love peanut butter, but it was the point where at the beginning of each lunch, or with each lunch, I would have two things of just straight peanut butter, two little globs of. It's just straight peanut butter that you could usually put on whatever you wanted to put on. Um, and one time I was sitting across from, I think it was Evan Hansen was his name. I vaguely remember that kid. And I was had my peanut butter in the thing, and we were talking about whistling uh, with peanut butter in their mouth. And so I tried it, and at the same time I was chuckling and laughing at the same time, so I couldn't whistle because I was smiling. <laughs> And then as I, I kept on trying to blow harder and harder and harder in order to try and whistle with the peanut butter in my mouth, and it didn't work, and, but I kept on trying still to the point where eventually the peanut butter sprayed out of my mouth and got all over Evan. <laughs> Good going. I'm sure he appreciated that a lot. Evan, if you by some chance of fate ever hear this, I am sorry. How did we get to whistling with peanut butter again? I hear, whistling with smiling. This is a gaming podcast, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about Assassin's Creed. Yes. Oh yeah, and also, so like the uh, the the story in Assassin's Creed is kind of kind of hard to follow, kind of ridiculous because they've got like this machine called the Animus that lets you relive the memories of your ancestors. Because apparently, in this universe, the humans have genetic memories that we just can't unlock them unless we have the technology to do it or something, and it's kind of kind of silly. But um. So yeah, that's that's how they're that's how they're revisiting all of these these memories of the assassins, and you know you've got the Templars versus the assassins, and the Templars are still around, and they're this big corporation, and they're trying to you know destroy the world, and no, well not destroy the world, they're not trying to destroy the world. That's silly. They're trying to create order, and the the assassins are trying to go for you know the um, free will of everybody, and. You know, it's basically the order versus chaos kind of argument. Um, and, like, the, the the endings, the endings of each of these games just keeps getting better and better. Like, the the ending of, of the first game, they figured out where this ancient artifact was called the Apple. And, and you know, like, they... It was it, they they ended right there, you know, and Desmond was still, you know, in, in captivity and everything. And then, oh, I just did a spoiler, didn't I? And then, like, and then the ending of, of number two is even even more even more crazy. Um, and I'm not going to give that one away because that one is just crazy. And I just finished with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood like two hours ago, and that one just blew me away. And I was just like, oh my gosh! I I've can't. actually seen the ending to that one. A couple of guys uh, in my I'm section sorry. played. Me. Why why did they make you watch that? I don't know. I was just chilling in the room once they were once they had finished with it. And it was like what. So yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming with the mind equals blown thing. I know, and ah, uh, and I've heard, I've heard that the ending of Revelations is even like even crazier. Wait, no, Revelations is the one that I saw the ending for. Not okay, well, don't tell me, don't tell me. I won't. <laughs> okay, good. Your mind will be blown. Like no <laughs> other. In, yeah, in fact, there'll be a, a, like a there'll there'll be a supernova. <laughs> Not a supernova, but a supernova. You guys will feel the shockwave down there in uh, St. Peter. Dang. But yeah, so Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, definitely, definitely good. But of course, you have to play number two before you can play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood because it continues the story of Ezio. Um, it's definitely possible to jump into the series at number two and just skip number one. Um, but, you know, number one is a good enough game by itself, so I would recommend playing all of them. 
It yep. should be done. So, Kyle, you played Black Mesa. I have. That, that came out, what, two weeks ago? Something on, on like Friday? that. Yeah. yeah. And you beat it in two days. If there was anything that was going to tear me away from Borderlands 2, it would be a Half-Life game. That's all I'm saying. I did. Uh, once Once I downloaded this, I just played it straight and beat it in two days. This, this game, I've forgotten how much content and how long that these Half-Life games can be. Um, is it okay if I spoil a 14-year-old game? Um, yes, I would say so. Okay. Maybe. So, as many of you may know, the Black Mace, or Half-Life 1, is a game that takes place primarily in a compound called Black Mesa. Hmm. <laughs> by the protagonist of Gordon Freeman. However, near the end of it, it has our character... Well, well let me back up a bit. Some plot info on it. He ends... He, Gordon Freeman actually does uh, some experiments at the beginning of this game. Because he's a theoretical physicist. He is a theoretical well, physicist. He's, he's not even you. doing what? the experiments. He's not even doing the experiments. He's just in the chamber pushing stuff into place. I would say that that counts as doing experiments. That's exactly what I would say. What, what <laughs> so when, when he's pushing this uh, unknown material, and I'm sure it's mentioned in the game, but I forgot what it's called, into the laser, something goes terribly wrong. And something called a resonance cascade, which I'm still not sure exactly what it is, is created. And aliens from different planets start being warped into this facility. And so, fast forward towards the end of the game, Gordon Freeman actually gets teleported to the world known as Zen, where all these aliens come from. And what I found unfortunate about this game, and one of the few things that I have to say negatively about this game, is that it does not contain those last levels. It only contains the parts of the game that are in the Black Mesa facility. Once you get into the portal to jump to Zen, it just says it game over and will to be continued. Really? But yes. The, Weird. Yeah. Well, if it's game over to be continued, then they might be coming out with Black Mesa too, where they might be expanding on those levels on the in in, in on the planet. Well, you'd think that the they would themselves. Have they announced anything about that? Not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen anything on their website about it, but. That was that seems to be the only thing that I found that is really unfortunate about this game. But this game, other than that, is absolutely amazing. As as you guys have mentioned on previous podcasts, this is Half Life One totally redone in the Half Life Two Source Engine, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. All like the voice acting has been redone and everything. And so they they didn't have the ending where the the where the G Man comes and gets you and. Mm-mm. It just shows you jumping into the portal, and it says that the Project Freeman has been postponed. Hmm. So, basically, if somebody has never played, if they're just getting into the Half-Life games, um, what would we say they should do? Should they like play Black Mesa up until that point, and then go in and try try to get like a Half-Life save game that starts them off at that point? See, what I find about Black Mesa is there are a few little Easter eggs in it that they kind of poke at from things that you learned in Half-Life 2 and other such things. So maybe it's something that you might want to wait off a little bit, you know, until you've okay. played some of the games. So, the so play Black Mesa, or, I mean, play Half-Life 1 and then Half-Life 2 in the episodes, and then go back and play Black Mesa if you thought it was awesome? Exactly. Alrighty. Yes. Fair enough. But, I mean, if you don't want to wait, Black Mesa is also a really good game, and it uh, goes through most of the storyline of Half-Life 1 anyway. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, it looks gorgeous. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's so much fun. I was literally glued to my computer for hours on end. I'm, I'm pumped to see what a lot of those aliens looked like, because there was a lot of them that didn't transition from the original Half-Life over to... Half-Life um, 2. Half-Life oh, yeah. 2, so... It was really good to see the uh, enhanced Vortigons, though. You know, because the Vortigons... Um, I should, probably shouldn't mention anything about Half-Life 2, in case you want to play <laughs> But um, they are in Half-Life 2, and when you were seeing them in um, Half-Life 1, they looked almost exactly the same character models. It's way better updated, and I was so excited when I got to see them in there. Nice. Since they're my favorite alien. <laughs> the free man. <laughs> oh, one thing, one thing that I noticed, I haven't played Black Mesa, but one thing that I saw in the trailer and made me so happy was the part where you... Like, the one scene where you come out of a tunnel and you're, like, on this, like, cliffside, maybe in, like, a canyon or something. Mm-hmm. And in number one, of course, you know, the the sky and, like, the opposite, like, the, the mountains off in the distance are just one static image, you know? So if you take your, your sniper rifle and you zoom in on that, on 
the way off in the distance, the distance gets really pixelated. And I saw, you know, in, in the trailer for Black Mesa, a person coming out of that, you know, that tunnel and just looking around. And it was just gorgeous. And, you know, there were a couple of jets that flew by. And I was just like, oh, I got to get this. This game has definitely had some care put into it. That is all I have to say. That all the backdrops look absolutely gorgeous in this game. The graphics are amazing. Even the like the voice acting is better. They've added some of the characters from Half Life to in, retroactively into this game. Yeah, like Eli Vance is in it. Um, and and we don't just have Doctor Kleiner as as every other scientist. No, no, they've actually <laughs> given personalities to almost every single, well, almost every single <laughs> scientist. Some of the random scientists are still look questionably similar. <laughs> Why and... do I have to wear this ridiculous tie? <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be happy to know that the uh, all the AR is still as completely ineffectual as they were in the first game. Oh, of course. <laughs> But yeah, I would say that this is one of the most amazing things that I've ever played. I've I've been waiting for a new Half-Life game for forever since, you know, episode 3 isn't going to be coming out. (laughs) Well, I've heard that they might be, that they're going to be updating the Source engine soon. So that's what I'm hoping, that's what I'm praying, I'm hoping that we're waiting for, and then once that's up, they'll actually, you know, get the game out. Yeah, but we've been hearing things for... Years and years and years, you know. And it's never come to anything. Every E3, I hope that I'm going to hear something, but I'm always (laughs) really disappointed. Mm -hmm. I think we'll have to have a midnight release party of that one on a Google Hangout. For sure. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We'll invite everyone. The entire world in a a Google Hangout. (laughs) Can this support the entire world? Uh, It supports nine people. Oh. (laughs) Okay, we'll just have to get everyone behind nine computers. It'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> one for each continent, and then a couple extra for the... for Well, no. Two extra, one for... <laughs> we can't forget the penguins. Oh, right. We need all the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Down in Antarctica. <laughs> 754 million people per computer. As That's... our ghost tenant has informed us of what we need if we were going to be having that many people on nine computers. That's, that's easy. We'll just give one computer to China just for China and one computer <laughs> to <laughs> India just for India. <laughs> That'll work. Anyway, more for us. That works. Yeah. Because yep. we're so fat. I mean, we'll take three of it. <laughs> this is like that analogy where the you know the world is a village. In this case, the world is a LAN party. Woo! <laughs> But it's a land party for a new Half-Life game. Best yes. land party ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much Half-Life deathmatch will be had. No, <laughs> More no. rocket launcher battles jumping off the top of the night, the the twin towers. Oh jeez, let's not talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> Is there a story here? Oh, we, kind of. We were playing on the internet on Half-Life Two deathmatch, and we just found this random map. And we started playing on it because there were other people on the internet playing on it. And once the map downloaded and everything, it was like a custom-made map, we realized that it was actually, literally, the Twin Towers had been built in the Source engine. And they were on fire, and we were having a deathmatch under them and on them and around them. And I was just like... Teleporters to get us up to the top and to the tops of surrounding buildings and whatnot. Yeah, but looking back on it, it's like, this was in really bad taste. Yeah, I was gonna say that kind of feels a little icky. Not gonna yeah. lie, I do, I do remember in Half Life Two Deathmatch we had this mod that was probably one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my entire life because you had spawners that could spawn pigeons that would go out and attack the other players. <laughs> <laughs> so we we just went around with these spawners. We didn't use any other gun besides these. And we just kept putting them. Pigeons were all over the map. It was the most <laughs> hilarious thing I've ever seen. We might have to find that. But what we ended up doing is we would jump off the tops of the Twin Towers and try and have rocket launcher battles on the way down. I thought we were pistoling. Well, we did that too eventually, but we gave up on the pistols. No, we we did the pistols after we gave up on the rocket launchers. Yeah. And we also found that there's a max on the... What was that? Excuse me. (laughs) That was a sneeze. I was trying to mute my mic before it hit. (laughs) Good job. Very professional here. 
But yeah, it's really hard to hit somebody when you're both falling at terminal velocity. And also, apparently, there's only a certain amount, there's a maximum amount of fall damage that you can take, because we both hit the bottom, and we only lost about 30 health apiece. I, well, I, I feel like in Half-Life 2, you can die from fall damage, and I think that that map just specifically made it so that you wouldn't get more than 30 damage from falling. Maybe. Anyway. But I saved my butt a couple times. Where I, I one time, let's see, you know, I shot <laughs> something, and then the kick bat knocked me off the building, and I was falling down, and I ended up landing on a teleporter, winding up right behind this guy, and then shot him in the back of the head. And you, one. you were so annoying. <laughs> Sounds like the most epic win I've ever heard in my entire life. If only there was a video of this. Yeah, I hate this guy. <laughs> I just get so lucky sometimes. It's hilarious. Luck has nothing to do with it. you got to oh play with all skill. We have that one screenshot of yours from Half-Life 2 Deathmatch <laughs> where you yes. and I had just had a ba- like a huge battle and you came away with one health after killing me. <laughs> where I got, I'm going to find that. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Oh, and I think... No, you you were, you were had the upper hand for a while and I just got off a couple of good shots on you. Mm-hmm. And then I was down to one health and nothing else and like I was almost out of ammo and it was just like, God damn it. <laughs> from your perspective. Yeah. In fact, he recently told me earlier that every single time he looks at that picture, he gets pissed off. I have no doubt. That, that just sounds so, like, you were so close to get so far. <laughs> yeah. It's like me and the Ivy Diploma. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to But yes, I am. I missed getting the Ivy Diploma by a single point on the tests. So it was like, <sighs> That hurts so much. So I had done everything. Apparently my my extended essay just wasn't enough bio-related. It was a really, really, really interesting cross-paper because it had anthropology and biology and maybe a little bit of chemistry, I'm not sure, but it was looking at East Indian medicine and just looking at some interesting uh, stuff and, like, looking at the different chemicals that or the different chemicals and, like, herbs and uh, whatnot that they prescribe to help with things and I was looking at the active ingredients in those, like the specific chemicals that would help to solve whatever problem that they were being prescribed for. And my, the argument I was making that Ayurveda medicine was a legitimate form of medicine in that regard. But apparently whoever was writing my extended essay didn't agree or something. I don't know. Right. I'm sure you said things that were important there. <laughs> Well, I kind of so, blacked out there for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, it's the okay. thing is about the IB diploma is you didn't you didn't have any classes like I did because um, I had like Spanish where it was basically just a freebie. You know, I got a six. You know, and you didn't have any of those where you were just able to just not even care and get a good score on them anyway. You know. Yeah. And even on and and even on the tests that I thought I did really well on, I still only got just passing enough that I would get college credit for it. Yeah. It's like, really? Really? Well, that's unfortunate. Oh, well. The woes of me. Anyway. I think that's pretty much it for today. Got anything else? Go get Black Mesa immediately. (laughs) That's all I have to say. (laughs) I know, Ryan. Nope. There's one other thing that we have. So, the Nexus TV is now reaching its first year on the internet. That in six weeks. In six weeks. Yep. So it's reaching it. Not quite there yet, but it's reaching it. And so what we would ask all of our listeners to do is go onto the website, and you'll be able to find it on the description app of our of our web, of our podcast. I'm hoping it, it's in. The, it'll be in the show notes. And you'll be able to go and take a survey of the Nexus TV, and you'll be able to give us suggestions as to what we can do better, what we've been doing that needs to change, what. Uh, what maybe kind of cool show ideas you might have? I don't know. And so, it also it also just ha- help us to get a sense of who's listening in uh, on our show and on our network. Like not me. Yeah. <laughs> you are the best host ever. <laughs> All right. So when you go and click on the in, uh, on the link for it, make sure that you click on the survey website button. It'll be on the top. Uh, on the top nav is what the show notes say. So you'll have to 
they can figure it out. They're intelligent human beings. I'm sure they can figure out how to click a button on a mouse. Yeah, pretty much. Nah. Now, if this was Metro style, that might be a different story entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Or if it was listeners for, I don't don't know, the Nexus or the Universe. (laughs) Because they're they're not intelligent or something? Oh, we lost him. Oh, well. Well, we're pretty much done anyway, weren't we? (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. So... This is uh, Ian Buck. You can find me on the internet at on Google Plus and on my blog, which is ianrbuck.blogspot.com. And I am also, of course, on Steam, which is my main gaming uh, network. Um, since Ian doesn't seem to be coming back, uh, you can find him on Google Plus as well. But he never posts anything there. And he's also on Steam. He's DS Bigfoot. And uh, you can find me if you care on Google Plus, but I don't really post there at all. I'm on Steam and Xbox Live under the same account name of Trogdor A27. Um, so yeah. And of course, the Nexus has a Steam community page where we uh, post events that we're doing that are gaming related and any uh, you know 8-bit episodes. And also we have a YouTube account that we don't use anything for yet. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is Ian Buck signing off. Oh, Ian's back. Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm alive. We just finished, like, signing off. (laughs) No. Why don't you you say goodbye to everybody? (laughs) Tell me when you're recording, Ryan. I don't think think he stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right, so this is Ian Decker hopping on to say goodbye. Love you guys. And this is Kyle saying thank you for listening to 8-Bits. Goodbye.